Welcome to Mental Health in Minutes, where we open the door to conversations about workplace mental health and help leaders and HR professionals create safe and innovative organizations where our employees and our companies thrive. I am your host, Lindsay Recknell, the Psychological Health and Safety Advisor, a workplace mental health consultant, speaker, facilitator, and an expert in hope. Each episode of this show has three objectives, to discuss the future of mental health in the workplace, to identify the best, most successful strategies for opening the door to mental health conversations at work, and to share the top ways we can engage our leadership in the workplace mental health conversation and have them endorse and pay for a positive culture shift within our organizations. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that our people need us more than ever, but most of our organizations have a long way to go until supporting employee wellness is embedded in the culture of our workplace. This episode is a resource you can use to start and continue workplace mental health conversations, and my guests will share their experiences and what's worked for them. Excited to get going, so let's dig in. Today's guest is Karen Pierce. She is the president of McMahon McCann World Group Canada, currently overseeing business operations for all of Western Canada for this global advertising network. She's a leader who is not afraid to get her hands dirty, bringing an unbridled passion for ideas that move businesses forward. Karen has always been drawn to companies that are building from the ground up, from opening the taxi office in Calgary for their WestJet client, to building up the Vancouver office for the TELUS client. She knows what it takes to scale, and that is to build from the inside out. Start with your core purpose and align everyone to that vision. Her personal purpose evolved as she brought together her interest in holistic, integrative health and seeing the gap in supporting advertising employees more holistically. This resulted in the launch of an unconventional resilience program at McCann called MFIT, which supports wellness and work-life habits for the purpose of mental, physical, and emotional resilience. Karen is also the mother of two daughters, wife to one husband, and they live in Calgary, where they enjoy dance, music, arts, experimenting in the kitchen, and finding all of the nature they can. Welcome to the show, Karen. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It is such a pleasure to have you here. I, um, from our initial conversation before we started recording, um, I'm just super intrigued by the work that you're doing at McCann. And I really think you're, you have to be leading in your industry. Um, tell me more about who you are, what you're doing, and kind of the transformation that's going on at McCann. Yeah, excellent. I will. Well, I mean, I think, you know, there's been so much conversation, especially over this past year, um, specifically about mental health and, and burnout. But I'll say even before that, um, you know, there, there's a growing body of evidence that that points to a culture that is inclusive of our diverse human needs and supports physical, emotional and mental resilience creates the foundation for peak performance mm-hmm. um, and and also resulting in a supportive environment and hopefully burnout prevention. So a lot of research around that, even I think five years ago, I was reading a report, AFLAC Workforce Report, it's called. Um, And there's sort of a compilation of over 50 papers that looked at the connections between worksite wellness programs and performance at work, which included overall productivity, uh, less absenteeism and presenteeism, if We've all experienced that where you're here, but you're not really here. Yeah. Um, They're in body, not in mind or spirit. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Improvements in talent acquisition and retention, uh, increased collaboration. But I think what's most important too uh, is 
business outcomes. Actually, you know, what you were achieving on your bottom line, of course, when everyone is, is productive and they believe in the organization and they believe that they're being fully and holistically supported. So that research kind of existed, you know, uh, I would say five years ago, like it started to really kind of become a little bit more mainstream. Um, and then last year just, you know, tipped the scales for sure. And I think a lot of organizations just going like, what are we going to do? Um, so when I look at the future of mental health in, in, in workplace and some of the trends that we're seeing, um, it really is around this, um, I'll keep using this word, but like integrated program versus say perks, you know, perks that carry a lot of hype, uh, like a ping pong table or margarita Fridays or, uh, you know, kind of those one-offs. Um, but they really fail to address the employee's greatest need, which is, feeling cared for in every part of who they are. So I think that's a real trend that organizations now are looking at, like, how do we support the whole employee? Um, you know, and there's organizations like Google, of course, leading the way. They have their own, um, it's called People and Innovation Lab. Hmm. Uh, and they conduct research and think of unique ways to keep uh, the company's employees healthy. So that's pretty cool because they're just constantly looking ahead at trends and what's going on. Um, you know, there are companies that are offering um, to pay off student loan debt reimbursements just to alleviate stress that way. Um, you know, there are some agencies for sure that are, you know, providing in-house yoga or meditation or fitness classes. But but to date, I hadn't seen uh, in all of my research a program within the agency world that that fully kind of runs um, as a program, you know, versus just sort of one off. Uh, efforts here and there. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of the impetus to reading all this information, again, like my own personal interest in um, functional medicine and addressing, you know, the whole, the whole body, the whole person, um, and bringing that into uh, the workforce, which um, coming out of that, then we created MFIT, which is our uh, integrated wellness program. Actually, we call it a resilience program. Which is very cool. Like you are using such descriptive language. You know, they don't feel like buzzwords to me. They, they feel like real um, intention behind them. I love your integrated approach. Um, and you said something there about how organizations who are recognizing that when we integrate our whole selves, you know, every part of our employee, when they are able to bring them whole, their whole selves to work, performance actually increases, you know, yes. it, you take care of your people, they will take care of your organization. Um, and it's, you know, all of this research that you're citing, but also you're seeing that in your organization. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 um, we can talk about how we're measuring it afterwards. It is, um, it's a slow scale for sure. Like it is, we call it, it is an unconventional program because, you know, a lot of people are going, I, I work in advertising and you are asking me to meditate and, and I'll get into the, the, uh, the actual program, but uh, in a minute, but you know, there are, it's an alternative and unconventional way of looking at supporting an employee. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a bit of a slow burn for sure. Um, and, and to draw a straight line from what this program is doing to the bottom line is, is tough, but you know, it's still in its infancy and we're growing and we're learning and we're kind of adapting as we go along. 
But you know, there, there's a great um, Harvard Business Review study uh, called How to Design a Corporate Wellness Program that actually works. And what is at the heart of that is, is, um, is this idea that compassionate work brings results for individual well-being, but also business outcomes. And they do actually talk about that direct line to the bottom line. Um, and just this notion of, um, you know, a culture that encourages workers to bring their full assets and gifts to work, as well as their foibles and weaknesses um, and inevitable vulnerabilities, outperform other businesses. And they've got a lot of um, a lot of examples in that. And if you're a fan of Brené Brown, which I think most people are now, <laughs> Uh, she gave a speech a couple of years ago at a convention called uh, The Gathering in Banff, and she spoke directly again about, um, you know, psychological safety, creating that kind of environment, um, fully supporting an employee, uh, being vulnerable, compassion. She spoke about all of this and the connection to innovation. Um, and how, you know, that lights up different parts of people's brains. So just a ton of, of research out there that that backs it. Yeah, which I love. You know, people um, for so long said, you can't measure this stuff. You know, there is no way you can prove the increase to my bottom line. Incorrect, yeah. <laughs> you know, like incorrect. All of all of the analytical thinkers that need that evidence base, it is there now. It is awesome. It's love so that. True. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually, um, not to keep throwing studies at you, but there's a lot of, um, through, um, an organization called well steps and they, they did, um, a study as well. And out of that study came, um, some results as seven times more likely to feel included at work employees, four times less likely to suffer from stress and burnout, 10 times more likely to recommend their company as a great place to work nine times more likely to stay at their company for three or more years and twice as likely to be engaged at work. So, I mean, you can dig into that, that research and um, I can provide that for show notes afterwards, but yeah, to your point, like there's just so much more that's being connected back to what it's actually going to do for productivity. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, absolutely. We will, we will link to all of these studies into the show notes because I don't, people don't know that they're, that they're out there. You know, um, we really, we've been looking, you know, you, you, people have to really look for these kinds of studies because, and I don't know why, but they're not widely communicated or they haven't been widely communicated. I think we're getting better in popular media as well. Yeah. No, it's what I mean, once you're in that world and, and you read it, it just becomes like, it's so natural to go, of course, we should be doing these things. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there is so, so much out there. Super validating. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, when we were putting this MFIT program together, it was sort of, okay, what are the, what are the ingredients that we need to make this a success? And there were six things uh, that we focused on. The first, of course, we've talked about is, is uh, an integrated program. Uh, which I can talk about in a minute, just like what the actual program exists of. The second one was really important. We just said it has to have an educational component. So again, when we're looking at meditation, we didn't want to have somebody come in and just teach meditation and like 20 minutes of meditation. It was more like, but what happens in the brain? Because again, the audience that, that we're looking at and the people that work in advertising for the most part are very curious individuals and just to come in and meditate and not really know the why behind it is 
probably not serving that audience the way they should be. Um, and so we looked for what we called MFIT experts on a monthly basis with different topics every month uh, to come in and kind of do um, a kickoff session, which was purely educational. And it was just like, here's exactly the circuitry of your brain and what happens when you're meditating with really cool examples like, you know, Einstein's brain, when he meditated, his left and right hemispheres came together. And you just think like the creativity and the innovation that comes out of that um, and how you can kind of dial into your unconscious being. And that's a lot of the times where creativity lives. So that's what we wanted to have experts that could really dive into that. So that that was sort of the second part was just this educational component. The third one was being as inclusive as possible. So again, knowing you've got people that have never done anything for their health and wellness ever, and then other people that were pretty savvy. So, you know, and, and I, I'll be honest here too, is this is the one area I think we keep coming back to, to go, are we making this as accessible as possible? Um, you know, people are always saying like, I'm in back-to-back meetings. We're all on Zoom, right? Like you you look at everybody's schedule and it's just, it's hard to catch a breath. Um, and we didn't want this to feel like just another meeting in a calendar, which is still, it's still hard, right? Mm-hmm. When we're all virtual and everybody's like, that's the last thing I need. Um, so we continue to try and make it really interesting. And, um, you know, some of the sessions are like, put your earbuds on and, and get outside and we can do this session while you're walking. So we're, we we still try and be creative and and adapt. Uh, the fourth one was celebrating um, and and uh, sorry celebrating progress and rewarding people. Mm-hmm. So with completion and excellence. So that was we we have a monthly prize for someone who has gone through the twenty one day challenge. So that's the way that we set it up was we would have different uh, topics each month. Um, and they included, uh, again, kind of alternative, uh, the first one was just a plain get active and then a 21 day challenge of, of staying active 20 minutes a day for 21 days. Um, and we had, um, Sam Schlachter, who's an Olympic beach volleyball player come in and talk to us about, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, just that sport is so difficult to get into. So he really talked about resilience and um, mental agility. And, you know, the whole idea was to kind of inspire people. Um, We did um, sleep hacks, uh, seven different sleep hacks, which was really interesting too, uh, to better sleep. We did uh, a gratitude session. And again, like the science behind what that actually does to your brain uh, and the parts of the brain that it lights up, even with thinking that you're going to practice gratitude, 30 seconds of the thought that, hey, I might actually write in a gratitude journal actually lights up different parts of your brain. Um, So we had an expert in on that. And the 21 day challenge was writing three things every morning in a journal. Um, We did a yoga practice. We did a sugar detox and brought in a dietitian on just like what sugar is actually doing to your brain. Um, we did a food as fuel. So that was just more about like, Hey, what, what kinds of foods can actually fuel your body? Um, so, and then after each one, we had these 21 day challenges to kind of help incorporate, uh, what was coming out of these kickoff sessions into your everyday. Um, and then we, we wanted to be able to track that so that at the end of each month, those that were actually completing the 21 days, 
went into a lottery and there would be prizes at the end of the month that we would announce uh, agency-wide. So like, I love, so I know that you're still working on inclusion because that, I mean, I know that's hard. That feels hard, especially when everybody is already Zoom fatigued and all. Um, But I love how holistic it is. You know, you've really, you've addressed all the different, not only different topics, but really considered the implementation, the maintenance, how to help people actually make it habit and routine, um, given the science behind it so that you're not just saying this is good for you because I said so, you know, like it really feels like you're meeting everyone wherever they're at, which is of course on a scale. That's very cool. And probably why it's so effective. And, you know, I hope that you'll share why you think it's effective. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think, again, we we continue to work on that because it is, um, you know, it's it's of the 300 or so people that work uh, at McCann across Canada, you know, I would, we have a small percentage that, that join these on a monthly basis because it is unconventional. It's a different kind of mindset to go, to draw the line to mental health, right? So a gratitude journal is in my calendar. Is that actually going to help my mental health and the anxiety that I'm feeling? And the answer is yes, but it's, it's still like, we're still paving that path. Um, and it's still very, very, I keep using the word unconventional, but it is for a lot of people. Like, I don't understand why this is in my calendar in my work day. So, but I actually had a conversation with a man, his name is Scott Shute at LinkedIn. And he's the chief compassion officer, I believe is his title. What a um, cool job. Isn't that, isn't that the coolest? I know. Yes. Um, and I just reached out to him because I, I, I thought, wow, this, that is like, what are they doing? And I thought, you know, I'm just going to talk a little bit about what we're doing at McCann and see if he's got any um, learnings for us. And he actually t- told me the story of how they got started with uh, an integrated program and, you know, incorporating meditation into the LinkedIn culture. Um, and of course they're known like Jeff Weiner, the CEO is, is known for his compassionate leadership style. So he's already, you know, the, the organization is starting with him at the top. Um, but Scott was so great and he was, you know, gave me a bunch of resources, but said like, keep going because, it started this way at LinkedIn. You know, it started with one person showing up for meditation, one other person. So, you know, he's like a big launch and then this one person shows up um, and then, you know, slowly, slowly it builds and it just becomes part of the fabric of of that organization. So, um, yeah, we continue to try and uh, tweak, listen to people, what's working. And I think just time is going to help. Well, and they say, I mean, you can draw the analogy to your physical health, right? You don't run a marathon on the very first day you start running. Right. You have like, and and, and nobody expects that you would. So yeah. I don't know why we all expect to have the um, ultimate benefit of meditation, of, you know, uh, gratitude on day one or hell, yeah. even on day seven, you still can't run a marathon on day seven PS, you know, but it's hard to get our mindset around that because it is a new unconventional way of thinking. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, um, now when it came to getting investment and buy-in from, from leadership, um, you know, what was really, really important, I think was, was 
you know, the facts and the trends that we're seeing from around the world. So a lot of what I talked to you about, a lot of the studies that we went through, like there was a, a lot that, that kind of went into, okay, what could this program look like and why? Um, what programs have failed? Um, you know, and, and as you can imagine, and this is why I, I love this question that you're asking about leadership buy-in is because if you don't have it, it's going to fail. Um, and so this was huge to get, you know, the Canadian network um, executive leadership behind this. So uh, we put together a presentation and by we, um, you know, I'm fortunate to have what we call the MFIT squad, which is great. I sort of had the luxury of piloting this program for a few years just out of the Calgary office. When the pandemic hit, um, you know, it was sort of like, what are we going to do nationally? And it just made such sense to kind of scale this out across Canada. So this became like, let's get everyone on board. Let's formalize this program a little bit more. So that came in the form of a presentation. We talked a lot about, you know, this behavior change with people um, and them really understanding that they're in charge of resilience. They are in charge of their own resilience. We can help them with the tools for it and we can help support them but ultimately it equals you know productivity ultimately there is a straight line to engagement and to bottom line at the end of all of this so just you know drawing those conclusions as best we can with the research that that exists um and then it was it was pretty amazing because we got immediate buy-in in that uh presentation we got the financial backing we asked for because we we needed to be able to pay these MFIT experts, um, which is just sort of an honorarium. A lot of them were like, this is amazing and we'll just come in and do this session for free. So a lot of um, the funding that we got ended up going to a charity of their choice, which was also a really nice story. Um, and then, of course, we had the uh, the prize money at the end of the month for anybody who finished that 21-day challenge, kind of went into a lottery so, and then we also got, this was most important, was the CEO's word to join every challenge of 2020. So, you know, during that pandemic, it was like, I'm going to be there in every single challenge and I'm going to show up and be engaged. And it was great to see leadership, uh, not just the CEO, but pretty much across the board show up. Um, and then they've also having time at, we, we have meetings called Monday Morning Meetup, uh, which is agency-wide. And we made sure that we got time for there as well. And now we've got, you know, it's on our social channel now. So it's kind of building momentum. It's more presence uh, for this program. So that's what it really was about is showing like, Hey, this is what it's going to do for the organization. Plus it was just kind of a no brainer last year. Yeah. Well, and your timing is, couldn't be better, really. You know, like you say, you piloted it in Calgary, you figured out kind of, you know, what's working and what's not. And then you launch it nationally exactly the time that your people need you the most. And now because you've been doing it, you've got that momentum, that habit and routine is being created. And I mm -hmm. imagine that the people that have been with you along like the whole journey, they would be devastated if some, if it just sort of fizzled out now that, you know, the pandemic is over all these air quotes, people can't see. Yeah. Um, yeah. right. But because I, th I think, um, the skeptics would say that programs like yours will now fade into the background because real life is happening. But I feel like programs like yours have such great momentum that even if they didn't have quite the champion in you, that other people love it so much, have seen so much benefit from it, that they would even keep championing, championing it 
forward. Yes, that's the hope too. This program is not doesn't belong to anybody. This is the program of of you know the teams at McCann, and um, that that's the whole idea behind the MFIT squad. We we get new people in with different perspectives, and hey, this would be really cool. And uh, you know, I've been reading a lot about breath work, and I know this great contact here. So it's it's really a fun little you know, you hear a lot about, uh, intrapreneurship, uh, within organizations. And that's really what it's felt like is, you know, sort of giving a group of people some freedom just to kind of test this out and see, see how it works and do something that, that, you know, they're really passionate about. So that's been, uh, yeah, that's been like a nice little, um, side reward, I suppose. But it, feels so of course it of course it's a, a reward that's going to happen right anecdotally we know if we can get engaged in something we're passionate about at work or at home or otherwise um you know we're going to give our we're going to give more of ourselves to everything else around us because we're feeling so valued and heard and empowered to do these things i mean anecdotally it makes sense i don't know why more people don't seem to get it yeah, I, I don't know. And and quite honestly, I think, like I said, once you get in that world and you just start reading about all things uh, holistically and looking at the root of the problem, and there's a great book um, called uh, Upstream. Uh, oh, shoot. I, the author, uh, Chip and Heath. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> the made to stick guys. Yes, exactly. Um, anyway, he one of them it's not it's not both of them in this book now i feel bad that i brought it up and don't know the author's name but uh yeah i wrote a whole book on upstream and the idea is you know um i think the story is and i think a lot of people have heard this is you know two people out by the river and they see this kid coming down the stream and ah, it saved me and they they go in and they pull the kid out and then everyone's exhausted and they see another kid coming down and they jump in the stream again and and you know they chase the kid and you know, grab him and save his life. And it just keeps happening. And then one guy kind of disappears and he, he goes, what are you doing? You got to help me save these kids. And he's like, I'm going upstream to see what is happening so that we can stop it at, you know. So he was throwing uh, kids in the river. Yeah. At the root, like what is the root of the problem? Yeah. And that is kind of what this is about as well. I mean, I know there's so much more that goes into building resilience and mental health. And I don't mean to, um, you know, paint it with a broad stroke because it, it is complicated for sure. And the pandemic has really highlighted, I think a lot of, uh, different issues for people that were probably there all along. Um, and it, and it's a very intense time, uh, for sure. So I think this has highlighted existing issues, but there are certainly things that we can do to help people, build that resilience because we're going to, it's, things are going to continue, right? We're, we're going to get thrown around with the wind. Uh, and if you can sort of focus on building that strong foundation, uh, and supporting employees that way, um, and team members, then I think, yeah, we're all better for it. Well, and, and you're right. Like this is a season for us, you know, it's not, it, it doesn't end here. Um, and I love that this season has enabled us enabled us to have these kinds of conversations because, you know, like you say, lots of these issues were there for people. We just didn't know because they didn't feel comfortable talking about it at work, talking about it with their leaders. Heck, nobody, people didn't feel comfortable talking about it with their doctors. Um, And I think that this has really afforded us an opportunity to continue these conversations now that 
the doors are open. And I love to have conversations like this with people like you who are walking the talk as well. You you recognize the need to support your people and now you're doing something about it and doing something that's really sustainable and just becomes part of the way McCanners work, you know, the, the way that, that McCann just lives its culture. Yeah. Well, you know what, like I say, it's, it's not, there's still a lot of work to do. Of course. Um, for sure. Uh, and it's Dan Heath, by the way, I just, oh, yes, of course. <laughs> but uh, you know, one of the biggest, I, I guess I was, I was surprised to see resistance with the pro because, you know, again, you and I are talking, it just seems anecdotally without any research that it, it seems like a good idea, but there is a lot of resistance for sure. Um, and one of them for sure is it, and I get it. Uh, you know, it's like, I'm working from home. I have young kids. It is chaotic. Uh, all of a sudden, instead of, you know, driving to a client's office, which was like a half hour reprieve, um, now it just turns into back-to-back meetings and, and, you know, the minute someone sees free space. So it just becomes like this, this is another stressful thing that, you know, if I'm not meditating, it's another stress for me that I'm not doing this. Um, and, and I, I really understand that, that, that point of view until you can actually wrap your head around that a lot of the things we talk about, the gratitude journaling that takes, you know, like I said, there's evidence that shows even just thinking about writing it lights up parts in your brain, um, or taking a call to walk around the block. Like as soon as you realize that a lot of these practices actually expand your time because you become more productive, because you're more creative, there's an excellent, um, study that Stanford did on the correlation between walking and creativity. Really? Yeah, there's a whole study about it. And, you know, so you just, it, it's just a matter of wrapping your brain around, uh, you know, sitting at a desk and kind of powering through and really like pushing through versus like getting up, you know, doing 10 squats or, getting a, uh, a breath of fresh air, whatever it is and what it actually does for you and your productivity. So yeah, still some work to do, but you're doing it. And that is the part that matters. And that's the part that matters to your people as well. Karen, this has been such an incredible conversation. Thank you so much for bringing your brilliance to the show. And audience, thank you for listening to another episode of Mental Health in Minutes. This discussion with Karen was so wonderful, full of examples where she's made a real difference in the lives of her employees at McCann. I loved hearing how Karen launched and scaled the MFIT program and continues to encourage resilience in her teams and in her leaders. I'm especially encouraged to hear how the other senior leaders at McCann have embraced these workplace wellness initiatives and continue to share their own vulnerabilities as examples of what great leadership looks like. Karen and I both believe in the power of our leaders to create psychologically safe workplaces, and we know that you do too, or you wouldn't be listening to this. If you loved this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcast player. You can find this everywhere at Mental Health in Minutes, as well as on the web at mentalhealthinminutes.com. You can start supporting the mental health of your organization in minutes by joining my digital subscription, monthly done-for-you presentations designed to engage, inspire, and increase mental wellness in your workplace. It's my pleasure to get to work with people like you, people leaders who care so much about your employees and want to give the best of yourself to support those around you. I also know how bonker bananas it can be as a people leader and how competing priorities always seem to get in the way of actually being able to provide the good stuff, that real value-added stuff. 
Let me help you by doing the heavy lifting and you can get back to doing what you do best, engaging with and supporting your people. Let's connect and talk about the best ways I can help. As always, I'm here if you need me. Thank you so much, Karen, for joining me today. It has been such a pleasure. Thank you. A pleasure for me as well. Take care.